you guys doing this morning? Good? Well, welcome everyone watching online. Welcome. I'm so excited that you're with us. And we're in our second week of this series called Love Like Jesus. And we're spending these few weeks leading up to Easter looking at the life of Jesus and just looking at how he loved people. And last week we talked about how he loved sinners, he loved the outcasts. We looked at the story of Zacchaeus and just challenge, we're challenged in our own lives of how do we love like Jesus. We're going to look at that again this week, um, another story from the life of Christ, and, and look at our lives and see how we're challenged to serve others, because that's what Jesus did. He served others. And so today we're going to look at this idea of love like Jesus by serving others and thinking of your own life, how you do that. Now, I want to start the message today maybe a little bit differently than you're thinking or expecting talking about feet, okay? I don't know if you're a foot person. Um, My wife thinks feet are pretty disgusting, and I may be a big part of that, okay? But feet have calluses, right? My feet have big toe knuckles. I promise I clip my toenails, but my feet have been considered a weapon in many instances, okay? So a, a number of years ago, I was thinking about this. I remember this. We led a young adult ministry. Every year we would take um, a couple of hundred young adults camping at Lake Whitney, um, just south of Dallas. If you guys have ever been there, it's probably about an hour south of Dallas. And um, we would go down there. One of those times, we had about 20 young adults, and we were going to jump off of the side of a cliff. It was probably about 15, 20 feet into the water. And we had this idea of, hey, this will look so cool if all of us do this at the same time. So about 20 of us, all of us are going to go off at the same time. And it's a little area, so I'm a little nervous, like, are we going to bump into each other? What's going to happen? And so everyone runs, and I run a few seconds behind. And as I go over the side of the cliff, I see someone kind of bobbing out of the water. And I think, oh, no, I'm going to hit them. And I go down, and I don't feel like I hit them. I came out of the water, and my friend Andy, who was right in front of me, he's screaming. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, someone cut my back. You guys, it was my toenails, okay? That's what happened, okay? I re- just, uh, this was probably just a couple years ago. Someone had given us this beautiful comforter, like so nice. I'd used it for a couple of months because I was like, man, this is so awesome. Like this antique comforter quilt, like hand hand kind of knitted quilt or hand sewn quilt and Sarah one day is folding it it's just shredded at the bottom okay um like my toenails had just there's pieces of fabric hanging off like cotton is gone okay so I'm just saying that you may be like Aaron I'm pretty disgusted at your feet that's where I want to get you this morning okay it's where I want you to be as I start this message because that's how Jesus serves in this story that we're talking about he gets down and he washes his disciples feet And maybe you've never fully thought about this, or maybe you're familiar with this story, and you've thought about the context. So I want to remind us, or or maybe give a little bit of context to this story um, again this morning. And that is the culture and the time that they lived in. Most people did not wear what we would have, like, closed-toe shoes, okay? Nikes, Reeboks, Adidas, whatever you wear, nice dress shoes, lady high, high heels, which I imagine that hurts your feet, but you still wear them because it makes you look beautiful, all of those things, right? They didn't have those kinds of things. Most people, if they could afford footwear, would have had possibly some type of sandals that they would have walked around in. And so during the time of Christ, during the time where this story takes place, is they're walking through dusty streets. And they're walking through streets that animals have been in and 
um, that are not paved. There's no concrete, right? So there is animal poop on the roads. There is all different kinds of stuff, food that people have dropped, maybe rotten fish, right? There's all of these things that are there that they're walking through. And so whenever you would go into someone's house, it was customary, maybe in the entryway or at some point, a servant would come and they would wash your feet to get all of the dirt, all of the mire, all of the the guck off of your feet, right? So you were a little bit more comfortable. So your feet was clean as, or were clean as you walk through the house. And this is what we see Jesus do in this story that we're looking at. How Jesus serves his disciples is by washing their feet. And as we look at this story, I want us to look at a few things about how we serve others. And what it means in our lives to love like Jesus by serving others. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to John chapter 13. And we're going to start reading at verse 1. And we're going to pause a few times as we go through this story just to look at what's being talked here of how Jesus loved others and how he served others. So John 13 um, verse 1. And in case you're not familiar with this part of John, John is telling the story of Jesus, and this is right before he was betrayed on this night, and then he was crucified the next day. So this is kind of the time frame that we're in, right before his crucifixion. This is the night before that. In John 13, 1, it says this, Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. If you have your Bibles, you can highlight that or underline that. And so it says, During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. And I want you to highlight that or underline that because those two phrases, he had loved them to the end and knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands are very important. That he had come from God and he was going back to God. And I want to pause right here. Because as I've read this story over and over again, and I was thinking about this, I love what John does. There's something powerful as you read these first few verses that John does. He doesn't start with how to serve. He starts with why we serve. And I don't know if you've ever stopped and thought about that. He begins to break apart and to explain the motive of why Jesus is about to do what he is going to do. And that is so important because why you serve is as important as how you serve. The reason, the motivation of your heart, the why behind that. And that's where John starts. He doesn't start by telling us how to serve, like this is how you're kind to others or compassionate. This is how you meet the needs of others. He begins with the why in the heart of Jesus. Jesus served because he was motivated out of love. And maybe you've seen people, maybe you've struggled with this at times of, Why do you serve? Why do you serve others? Why do you meet the needs of others? Is it out of some self-motivation? Is it because you're lacking something in your life? Is it because you may somehow benefit from this? And maybe you've seen people like that or know people like that that are serving others, but it's really about them, right? Like they want to be noticed. They want to be praised for it. They want to get the award, like the Humanitarian of the Year Award. Like They want everyone to see them. Maybe it's because somehow they'll benefit. It may even be out of insecurity that they need to be validated. Or maybe 
they feel worth something or it makes them feel good. And hey, that's the reason why I serve. But Jesus went beyond all of those reasons and he served out of love. And whenever he knelt down on that night and he began to wash his disciples' feet, it was out of love that he was motivated. It was out of this heart, this compassion, this kindness that he had for others. Not that he would somehow benefit in any way by getting down on the ground and washing his disciples' feet. It was purely motivated out of love. How do you serve and why do you serve? Those two things are vitally important. And John starts with the why. If someone were to ask you that question, why do you serve, do you know what your response would be? What is the motivation of your heart in serving others and loving like Jesus? Is it out of insecurity? Is it out of that you might benefit in some way? And Jesus does this not because he gets something out of it, but because he wants to give something to someone else. He wants others to benefit from what he is doing in this moment. And I thought as I reread this, and I thought this a couple of times, of what kind of person is this that when he knows God has given him everything, and it says that he's come from the Father, he's going back to the Father, everything has been given to him in this moment. All of the wealth of the world were at his fingertips. He could have summoned armies and power or position. He could have taken over any kingdom, had any throne. He could have had any of that. But in this moment, when he realizes what God has given him, what does he do? He takes what is given to him and he uses it to benefit others. And I look at my own heart, maybe you're like this, and I think, Jesus, I'm not like that. And I was even thinking recently... um, You guys may have gotten the updates or seen that, that stimulus checks are going out. Some of my pastor friends are sending me pictures of cars and saying, hey, this is what I'm getting with my check. And I think, yeah, we do that so often, don't we? We get that. Maybe you're like, I just need to pay bills. But we so often get something and we think, okay, what can I do with this? There's a promotion at work. Okay, hey, I've got more leadership or I've got more influence. What can I do with this? And we think of how we're going to benefit from that. And yet Jesus looks at what he's been given and he begins to ask the questions, how can others benefit from this? In serving the why of that, the heart behind that, the motivation that others could somehow benefit from what he has, that's the driving factor in his life because he serves out of love. His motivation is out of love. That's why he does that. And so when there is that promotion at work, When you think about that, is it, okay, now people are going to have to listen to me. Students, when you're the leader of that project, right, they get you in groups at school and you're going to lead that project, now everyone's going to see how smart and awesome I am, right? Or you're the captain of your sports team or the club or you get first chair in band, all of those things like our natural tendency is to think, well, this is how I'll benefit, right? People will see my skills and my talents and, and people, and yet Jesus had a totally different motivation. He's motivated out of love. How can I benefit others with what I have? How can I serve others because of what I've been given? How can others grow or learn or develop? How can they be further along? That why is the motivating factor of his heart is there as he looks at how he is serving others. What's the why of your heart? Why do you serve? Why do you give to others? Is it because somehow you'll get noticed or you'll benefit? 
Or is it like Jesus, he was motivated out of love? And you guys, this is a deep love. To bend down and to wash his disciples' feet. There's a movie that made me, this made me think of that Sarah and I joke about a lot. It's with these two actors. And the scene is they're in their apartment. They've just had this romantic dinner. The, the wife ha, has worked on the meal like uh, all night and prepared it and got it ready. And after dinner, the husband goes and sits down on the couch. And she's just like staring at him. And she's like, hey, you want to come help with the dishes? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to help with the dishes? And she's like, no, I don't want you to help with the dishes. I want you to want to help with the dishes. Any of you guys ever been there, right? I want, and he's like, wait a minute. Why am I going to want to help with the dishes, right? Like, I'll help you wash the dishes, but I don't want to do that. And she's like, no, I want you to want to help. And he's just thoroughly confused in that moment, right? But what she's getting at is, hey, what's the why behind your serving? And that's what John starts this whole section in this whole story with. What's the why behind that? What's the heart motivation in you serving? Because Jesus was motivated out of this heart of love. He was serving not out of some self-interest, not to get noticed by others, not because he would somehow benefit. He was serving because he just truly loved people. And why you serve is so vitally important, church. Why you serve is so vitally important. Why you give to others and why you meet the needs of others. And so we need to stop. And we just need to do a heart check. Before we think about the hows and who we should serve and all of those things, if we're going to truly love like Jesus, why we serve is so important. It's just as important as how we serve. We need to do that heart check and say, God, what is my motivation? Jesus, like you, am I reflecting your love? Is it motivated out of love for others? Am I just doing this because somehow I might benefit from this? Somehow I might get something out of this. This may be better for me if I do this. Or is it truly motivated out of love for others, out of this heart and this desire for others? That's what God has called us to do. That's what God is challenging us with. What is the why of serving? And so we see this in the life of Jesus, motivated out of love and serving others. We also see is more powerful than a sermon. It's a living message. Serving others is more powerful than a sermon. It's a living message. Look at what Jesus does in John chapter 13, going on to verse 4. It says this, that he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel he tied it around his waist, and then he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Just stop and think about what Jesus is doing in that moment. Imagine you're at a dinner with some friends, right? You're all hanging out there together Kind of the meal's over, you're kicking back, you're relaxed at the table, right? Great conversation is going on. Can you imagine one of your friends getting up, starting to take off their clothes, getting down to their underwear and wrapping a towel around them, right? You're like, this just got awkward, everyone, okay? And yet Jesus does that, and although servants may have appeared in that way, it was still awkward to see their master, their teacher, their rabbi, the person they looked up to, the person they respected, 
get up in the midst of this conversation, right? In the midst of some laughter and different people sharing stories and they're talking and they're celebrating this Passover meal together. In the midst of all of this, Jesus gets up and he takes the posture of a servant. And he takes off his outer garments, is basically there in his underwear, and he wraps a towel around himself, and he kneels down and he begins to wash their feet. And when he does that, as I started to think about how Jesus serves others, it's this powerful living message. He doesn't stop everyone and say, hey, let me tell you one more story or I'm probably going to die tomorrow, so let me give one last message that's really going to stick with you. And here are three points that you need to remember about how you serve others or the greatest in the kingdom or leadership principles or any of those things. He doesn't go to a message. He just shows them this. He illustrates this through his actions, through what he does. And I want you to imagine what that's like. And don't panic. I'm not going to disrobe, okay? Because that'd be really awkward to see your pastor up here like this. But I just started to think what that was like for Jesus in that moment. And what it meant as he served others. And you guys, as he is kneeling down, see if I can get this to stick around me here, okay? And he's kneeling down and he's pouring water into this basin and he's grabbing someone's feet which, once again, is pretty, a pretty disgusting thing. And he begins to pour water over them, and then he takes what's wrapped around himself, and he begins to wipe off all of the dirt, all of the mud, all of the disgusting things that are caked to these guys' feet. He doesn't have to say a lot, does he? Because you immediately know in that moment that serving means humbling yourself. He doesn't have to give them the first point of like, hey, if you're going to serve, here's how you do it. You're going to humble yourself. You're going to have to kind of get uncomfortable. He's doing it. He doesn't have outer clothes on. He's wrapped in this towel that's barely covering him. And then he's taking what he has and he's using it to clean someone else's. He doesn't have to say a lot in that moment. You immediately know serving means you humble yourself. You immediately know you can't use the excuse, I don't have a lot to give. Because Jesus did not have a lot around him in that moment, right? All of those excuses of, if I had more, I'm not that talented, I'm not that skilled, someone else is better at it, I don't have a lot of resources, I don't have a lot of money to serve others. Like, all of that went away when Jesus took what little he had and he began to use it to clean up someone else's feet. See, he doesn't have to say a lot about, hey, here's how you showed the love of God. Here's how you meet the needs in others' life. Why? Because he was living it out. In church, when we see how Jesus loved, how he served others, the kind of life that he lived, it wasn't just some message. It wasn't just good teachings on the side of a sermon. It wasn't just some moral values of this is how you should live. It wasn't just words coming out of his mouth. Every day he was living this out in his life. He was living this. He himself was the message. He was the principle that he was teaching. And that's what he does on this night as well as he humbles himself and he begins to live out the principle that he is wanting to teach him. He didn't need a powerful sermon. 
The disciples experienced it. They saw it up close. They realized serving means you get close to someone else, that you have to be near them. You can't do it from an arm's distance away. You can't do it. It means this proximity of humbling yourself and of getting close. All of those things came through very clearly on that night as Jesus served those that he was with there. And that's what I want to challenge you with. Of Are you living out this message or is it just something you talk about? Is it just something you say? Is it just something nice to kind of this idea to expire to of, yeah, man, I want to serve others. I want to help others. Or is this something you're living out in your life? Is this a message you're walking through? And as I mentioned, this is like a gritty thing because this isn't just love portrayed. I love how one scholar said this. You have to realize this is, in this moment, love betrayed. This is Judas Iscariot, who's getting ready to hand him over to soldiers who are going to beat him, whip him, crucify him, kill him. And yet, even in front of Judas, when he comes to Judas, he pours water over his feet and he takes the towel and begins to wipe Judas' feet. You want a story on forgiveness or a message on forgiveness? Jesus lived it out. I mean, we have trouble years later, right? Like, can I forgive that person? Can I? And Jesus, that night, gets down and says, let me serve you. Let me clean up after you. Let me take care of the disgusting stuff on your feet for you because that's how much I love you. That's how much I care about you. See, this is more than just words, you guys. This is a message he was living out. And when it comes to serving, that's what we're called to do. That's the challenge that we have. I was thinking as this week as I was preparing this message about my own dad's life. And I've shared before, um, my dad was a pastor when I was growing up. All of my childhood. I remember um, sitting on the front rows, usually where I was at in church. And I probably heard hundreds of messages. Hundreds of messages. Can I be honest? I can't remember a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, he was a great preacher, but I can't remember a lot of them. But you know what I can remember? Is my dad apologizing when he messed up. I can remember my dad praying over us. I can remember my dad opening up scripture and asking me questions about what I thought about God or what I thought about faith. I can remember him living and being a reflection of Jesus. I can remember that very clearly. can't remember a lot of the messages or the points or, or all of the illustrations, but I can remember his life. And you guys, when it comes to serving, I think the way we live our lives is one of the most powerful sermons we'll ever preach. It's not from some communicator on some big stage. It's not in front of hundreds or thousands of people. It's when you do what Jesus did. You get close to one other person, and you get uncomfortable and you humble yourself, and you meet a simple need in their life. That's what Jesus did. He lived this out in his life. That's what each and every one of us are called to do. So live it out. Don't just talk about the love of Jesus. Don't just invite people to Easter. Find ways to serve and to meet the need in their life. That's the most powerful sermon that we can preach. That's what we're called to do. And so what does that mean? 
That means maybe with your roommate or with your spouse, the person, right, you get in that fight for the 50th time that they will not pick up their clothes off the floor. And you're like, why? Come on. Just do that. And then after that fight, you start bending down and grabbing some of those. That's how you serve. Instead of leaving the note on the office microwave, clean up after yourself. You guys are disgusting. This microwave is gross. It's when you get out the cleaner and you start scrubbing it with the sponge. It's living it out. That's what you're called to do. That's what each of us are called to do in our life. To not just preach a message to people. Not just talk to people about the love of God. We're called to be this living example. That's how we serve others. That's how we're called in our life to do this, to be that living example. That's what Jesus did. And so I want to challenge you in your life, not just to use words to preach the message of the gospel, but use your life. Use the way that you show that kindness and compassion. Use the way that you humble yourself. When no one else wants to do that job at work, and yet you're willing to serve others, and you're willing to meet the needs of others, when you will not get noticed, when no one else will see you, right? No one else may even know, ever know what you've done, and yet you're willing to go above and beyond, not because it benefits you. That's serving others. That's the power of the gospel. That's what we're called to live out. Let me give you one more thought of how Jesus served, how he how we love like Jesus. It's this thought right here. Great leaders aren't served. They serve. Great leaders aren't served. They serve. So many of us, we get in our mindset of like, oh, the most powerful person in the room, the the most important person in the room, that's the one that everyone's waiting on and they're doing stuff for and everyone wants to do something for, but that's not the greatest leader. That may be be a person with financial influence or have a, a lot of financial wealth, but that's not the greatest leader. See, Jesus taught us that the greatest leaders, they aren't served, but they serve others. In John 13, 12, this is what he said. When, they, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his outer garments again and he resumed his place at the table. He said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? See, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Now, don't panic. We're not going to start washing each other's feet, okay? That's not what this passage is talking about. Jesus was, I don't think he was giving us a principle saying, hey, you should do this all the time together as a church uh, or, or a practice. He was giving us a principle of saying, hey, the greatest in the room, the leaders among you, it's not going to be what you see in the world around you. They're going to be the ones who serve. They're going to be the ones who get uncomfortable, who are willing to humble themselves. Those people that really have influence, that really impact others, it's different than you think. It's different than other people talk about And he's saying that, I'm your teacher and your Lord. I'm the one that you think, okay, you're the leader of this group, and look what I've done for you. I've set an example that if you want to be great, 
It means that you serve others. And you serve not because it benefits you, not because you get something out of it. You serve in a way that is humbling to yourself, that may be uncomfortable for you. But you do it out of love because it benefits those around you. That's what Jesus was talking about. That's how Jesus lived his life. And when I think about this, I was thinking about people in my life that have lived this out, that have been this example to me and have shown me this reflection of Jesus of what it means to serve and love others. I was thinking about a pastor. Some of you may know him. He was the campus pastor here at NCC for a little bit, Pastor Mark Brewer. And he was an executive pastor at a church that I served before I came to NCC. And I'll never forget, it's just something that Mark challenged me with. And he said, Aaron, every time I go into a conversation, and he's a great leader, amazing thinker and person, he said, I always look for one way before I leave that conversation that I can make that person's life better. He said, that's my goal. Anytime I'm going to meet with someone, have coffee, have lunch, have a conversation, he's like, I'm always listening to God's voice for this one key, this one hint of God. How can I help that person be a little bit better today? And I love this because Mark was my boss. He was over me. And yet when we'd come together, it wasn't how are you benefiting the organization, just how are you making the church better. Mark always wanted to know how was I doing personally. And the most powerful things he told me was not just how to be a better pastor, not how to lead people better. It was, hey, Aaron, here's how you love your wife well. Aaron, here's how you spend time with your kids and you let them know that they're important in your life. Aaron, here's some personal financial wisdom. Here's how you honor God through your finances. It wasn't, and he could have, as my boss, just come and said, hey, I need you to do these five things. Okay, we're done. This conversation's over. Go do those. Because he, he was over my paycheck. But he didn't. He always wanted to know how he was serving others. Not what he was benefiting or not what he was getting from it. But hey, how can I make your life better? That's what good leaders do, you guys. Is they look at others around them, not because they're going to benefit, but they want to see you develop. They want to see you improve. They want to see you grow. They want to see you move forward. And whenever you have opportunities or God's given you something, I want to challenge you that you love like Jesus. That you serve others well. And that you do that not by looking at what you get out of it or somehow how you could benefit, but how you can improve the lives of those around you. So let me ask you this question. How are you serving? How are you serving others? Just stop and think about that for a second. Reflect on that. Is it a picture of Jesus? Are you loving like Jesus in this area of your life? When you look at the why of serving, why are you motivated to serve others? Is it out of love? Is God's love so present and so real in your life, you just have to share that with others? God's love is working inside of you in such a powerful way that you're displaying that and you're showing that to others. Or is it out of some selfish motivation 
of what you'll get or how you could benefit or what you have? Are you thinking about others as you serve? Or are you just thinking about yourself? See, Jesus gave us this powerful illustration. Not just the story, not just the message he preached, but he lived this out of how we're called to humble ourselves. How we're called to meet the needs of others around us. And you guys, we want to love like Jesus. We don't want to just invite people to church or just give, hey, Jesus loves you to someone as we kind of pass their way. We want to be a living reflection of the love of God to those around us. And wherever you find yourself, wherever God has given you influence, could be in your family, maybe in some of those relationships. It could be in your work. And there are people there that are hurting. There are people that are going through things. Students, it could be in your school or in the friendships that you have. How are you serving others and loving like Jesus right where he has placed you and allowing God's love to flow through you? So I want to take a moment and I just want to pray over us that we would do this. So if you would bow your head and close your eyes and just reflect on this. How are you serving others? And I want to start with this. Maybe you're here this morning and this is not how you pictured God. See, so many times we have maybe an image in our mind of God's frustrated with us. He's mad at us. He's out to get us. And yet Jesus shows us this picture of a God that loves us. Meets us right where we're at, in the midst of our mess, and the dirt that clings to us, and the sin that clings to us. And he made the way. That's part of this picture that Jesus is giving. And if you read this entire story, he talks about that. Uh, uh, not just a physical cleansing, but a spiritual cleansing in our hearts and in our souls. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He gave his life for you and for me. Because honestly, we may be able to clean the outside of us. We can't fix the dirt and the disgusting parts of our heart and our soul that sin brings into our life. And so Jesus made the way on the cross. And just like he did with the disciples, he's here this morning wanting to draw close to you, wanting to be near to you. He wants that relationship with you. And maybe you're here, you're listening, you're watching online and you don't feel close to God. And you don't feel near to Him. And I want to lead us in a prayer just about you and your relationship with God. And I'm going to invite everyone that's listening to this. We want to say this out loud because we don't want anyone praying this alone. So let's pray this together this morning. Lord, I come to you. And I know that I've sinned. I need you in my life. So this morning, I invite you in. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. To be the Savior of my life. To be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can you just put your hands together and celebrate? If you prayed that prayer... And maybe you felt disconnected from God. 
and this morning you prayed that and you meant that in your heart, I believe God is giving you a brand new start. And the Bible says that heaven celebrates and it rejoices over just one person making that commitment, one person praying that prayer and coming back into relationship with God. And so we are so excited for you. And church, I want to lead us in one more prayer this morning. And this time I'm going to ask, I say this every week, but I'm going to ask that you not just listen to me or repeat after me, but if you would just have an honest conversation with God. There's no special words that you have to say when you pray. And just be honest with God of, Lord, I want to love like you. And maybe this is an area you need to grow in, in serving others. Not serving so you get noticed, not serving so that you're recognized, not serving so that it benefits you in some way, but just serving out of love like Jesus did. And so I'm going to pray, but I want you in just your own words to, to have this conversation with God, to pray and to talk to God and ask him to help you as you serve and that you would be that reflection of him to those around you. So let's pray together this morning, church. Lord, we come to you. And God, I thank you for this illustration. God, I thank you for what you did. Jesus, how you set this example for us, that the greatest leaders, Lord, are those, God, who are willing, Lord, to humble themselves, to maybe get uncomfortable, Lord, to serve others, to give of themselves. And so I'm praying this morning, Lord, that you would help each and every one of us, Lord, wherever we find ourselves in our workplace, where you place us, God, that we would be find ways to serve others, to give to others, Lord, to make an impact in others' lives, Lord. We want to serve and love like you did. We don't want it to just be with words, so help us this week, Lord, around our families, God, in our relationships that we have to influence others, God, to love well. Jesus, that's the kind of church that we want to be, so help us to do that. I pray this in your name. Amen.